The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, Emily, and good afternoon. This is The View from a Pew, a radio, webcast, podcast program, which gives you a uh, faith-based idea of Jesus. Um, This is not a show about religion. It is not a show about individual denomination. Although when we uh, uh, sometimes talk about a denomination, it's going to be necessary to bring it up, uh, never to find fault in it, simply to let you know that this is maybe the way the Presbyterians think or the Catholics or the whoever they are. Uh, I'm J. Michael McCoy. You'll usually hear me refer to myself as Mac. And my co-host for today's program and most programs is Pastor Delmar Austin. Delmar, how are you? I am doing great this morning. Yeah, you uh, uh, are on our first week of Roku. Wow. We're, we're getting more spread out, it, it seems like. Yeah, well, 27 pod sites and now uh, uh, Roku. And uh, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. And we're about the same age. You look younger, but you, we're about the same age about the idea that we would be sitting in a simple studio like this. Yes. um, And we can now be on every single person's television for free. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, There's a lot of advancement in communication that's going on in the world, and it's nice to be able to take advantage of it for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, and uh, we are on Roku, R-O-K-U, And it's interesting that one of my first webcast shows back in 98 was on the first platform of Roku. And it was nice to be back with those folks. In the future, we might also be on Fire Stick or some of those other things. But that'll depend on you and if you enjoy the programs and you want to see them in different places. We do want to thank our uh, worldwide sponsor, DivineTruthChristian.com. It is a website where you can order anything you want when it comes to Christianity or other uh, religious items. And here's the cool thing. You'll talk to a real person. They'll, they'll take your credit card information. They'll, they'll listen to what you're looking for. You can ask them questions. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of recorded this and recorded that, and you never talk to a human being. The other day I was on hold for 58 minutes oh someplace. <laughs> and at uh, divinetruthchristian.com, they answer the phone. It's a, it's a family that runs this, and uh, they're, there to, uh, they're there to take care of you and your Christian needs. All right, so the way we do this program is the, pro, the, the a question that's being answered on this program is what does the Bible say about blank? And today, 
uh, starts our second week. And by the way, the first week is also on. Uh, that would be the uh, five show. Well, you've already been on and heard those maybe, but on Roku, uh, go back and you'll find those. And those are clearly marked. And uh, it's what happens or what does it say in the Bible about the, from the moment you die till the moment you're in the arms of Jesus? What happens? And we give you a little bit of review uh, over our first week just to kind of catch up where we are. We, uh, we took a look at uh, the beginning of the Bible when it talks about the creation of man in Genesis uh, chapter 2. And the Bible very clearly states that when God forms man, particularly Adam here. He forms Adam from the dust of the earth breathes into his body the breath of life, and man becomes a living being. The old Bibles used to say a living soul. Man becomes alive at that point. It's, it's the, the dust itself is the body. It's the breath of life that sparks that and makes a man alive. And that breath of life comes from God from the beginning until eternity. That's correct. Yeah, I, I, I used to think that that lived within me because it was a part of my body, but it's not. It's this gift. It's like a SIM card. Uh, it goes from your soul to whatever body it is in. Now, we're not talking about reincarnation. We're just talking about one life as a human and the rest of eternity as one of God's children in heaven. Well, then in Ecclesiastes, it tells us what happens? That's a picture in Genesis of the beginning of life. Ecclesiastes uh, talks about the ending of life, and it says the the dust or or the body goes back to dust from where it was created, and the breath or the spirit goes back to God who gave it. Now, where I believe a lot of people get off is they begin to believe that that spirit is some kind of conscious entity some kind of ghost-like uh, substance that goes back to God. But the way that the Bible defines it is that it is that spark of life. It is that breath of life that God has given. That bit of life goes back to God because he's the one that gives it. When man dies, there is death, not continued life in some other form. Then there is actual death, where there is no conscious thought. And the Bible says that uh, in death that man knows nothing. He doesn't know what is going on. There's no conscious thought because his mind, along with the rest of his body, has been stopped. It's been brought to a stop. And the, all, the great hope that's always been very clear from the Bible, even in Old Testament times, is the hope of the resurrection that God will restore life again to man. Now, what has happened, though, over time, and it happened in the very earliest civilizations, was the idea that there were departed spirits, that, that when a person died, that his spirit went off into some kind of netherworld, and, uh, and you know, the body just uh, was buried and, and went to dust. Well, what that did was spread among so many people that it became the accepted idea. And, 
and that's where people have their concepts today. Even Christians have their concepts that when you die, you don't really die. Well, that's contrary to what the Bible is teaching us. Now, Mac, I mentioned to you before the program, there is a Christian movie that's going out uh, right now. It's going to be big. It's going to be out there at a lot of locations. Christians can go and see it. It's called After Death. After Death. Not After Life, but After Death. And the, and the theme of it is is about uh, experiences that people claim to, to have after they die. And the idea is they're trying to... Uh, uh, show that there is some kind of afterlife after death. And they, they have testimonies of people that believe that they've been to heaven and that they've seen heaven. And, and this is what the, the theme is all about. I believe in afterlife, but I believe it according to what the Bible says, that it happens at the time of the resurrection. And the resurrection happens when Jesus returns again the second time. Well, and I, I love that part in John where Jesus says, uh, my, house, my uh, father's house has many mansions, and I'm going to go prepare a way for you, and then I'm going to return and come get you and bring you home. Now, whatever translation you look up, it says the same thing. Where is Jesus coming from to come to where you are to bring you home? Obviously, you're both not in heaven. Grandma's not up there with her brand new uh, wings because she's not an angel. Uh, Grandma and Grandpa and everybody before us is waiting, waiting for the second resurrection. Waiting for Jesus to return and yeah. for that resurrection to take place. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul writes about the resurrection and how uh, it is of such a great hope. What is happening in 1 Corinthians is the believers in the church of Corinth are, they believe the gospel message about Jesus, but some of them don't believe in a resurrection. Now, I don't know why that is other than some philosopher has told them this, that there's no resurrection, and so they're still believing that, and Paul is trying to help them understand, and he says in chapter 15, verse 12, he says, now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from, from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If, if our message is about that Christ has been resurrected, how can you say that there won't be this final resurrection that takes place? And then notice what he says in verse 18. He says, okay, if you really believe this, that there won't be any resurrection, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. What does he say? He says, have, have perished. They are, they are lost. They are gone for good if indeed Christ did not rise from the dead. But the fact is, Christ did rise from the dead. He is alive. And because he is alive, he promises that that resurrection will take place. But he doesn't say, you know, uh, they're up in heaven. They're... they're uh, They've already ex experienced the joys of heaven after death. No, he says they're in the grave still, and if there is no resurrection, they have just perished. Why? Because they're dead. 
They're not living some kind of immortal life someplace. They are dead until the resurrection comes. Everybody. Everyone. Whether you're going to heaven or whether you're going elsewhere. That's right. Okay. They're still in the grave. And uh, and then he says in some of the, the, the words that you hear a lot in funeral services, he says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. He, what, what he means by that is the fact that there will be those who are still alive when Jesus returns the second time. So we're not all going to sleep. All those that died before, they're asleep. But then he says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. What does it mean to be corruptible? Mac, you and I know what it means to be corruptible. We're getting more corruptible all the time, which means your body's wearing out. Your body is not what it used to be. We get old and diseases take over and and we're not as strong as we used to be. Yeah, that's corruption. That's going to change. And he also says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, a strong, healthy body, and this mortal must put on immortality. So I'm mortal now. I'm mortal when I'm living and when I die, it proves that I was mortal, right? But we're going to be given immortality. When will that be? At the second coming of Jesus. All right, that's today's The View from a Pew. We'll be back tomorrow with the Roman Road and then anytime here on Roku or YouTube or wherever you like to watch your videos or your podcasts. You can hear, just search for The View from a Pew. And thanks to Divine Christian Stores for all their support. Divine Christian Store, where you'll find more.